Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I, of course, am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Alipin, on The Wedding Dish here, and I'm the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And we do have our little French bulldog bud, Cluzo, snoozing away. Um, He has had a rough week. He felt entitled to be part of the big bed last night, and he was excommunicated and not welcome. (laughs) He tries to sneak in there and sleep, and there's not enough room for his big personality. Anyway, let's get to the wedding dish. Today, we are talking with a relationship coach and marriage strategist who teaches couples how to create more peace, love, joy, and connection in their marriage and family. The human behind Janelle Green Coaching and Consulting. Janelle, thank you so much for being with me on the wedding dish today. I'm super excited to be with you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here. I had a a ton of fun catching up with you before we started recording, so I am very excited to dive into content here. Me too. Me too. All right. Let's do it. So I know you have a unique perspective on marriage and relationships and that their part, the part of that really starts with your own personal story. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you met your husband and created a loving, incredibly happy marriage with your partner of 17 years? Yeah, absolutely. I love telling my story. Um, so we actually met over the phone. When I met him, I was, so we had worked for the same company. I live in Vancouver, which is on the West Coast. He was living in Toronto, which is on the East, in the East. And I used to have to call this 1-800 phone number to get help for work. So I was a sales rep and, you know, and he was in customer service. Anyway, I would call the slide and I hated calling because no offense to anyone who's Jamaican, but I can't understand. It was so difficult you know, I couldn't, I had to be like, what, what are you saying? And I had to get them to talk slowly. So I didn't enjoy calling, but there's this one time that I call and I get this like beautiful voice and this warm, friendly voice. That's like, hi there. How can I help you? And I had just the most amazing conversation. He was able to go above and beyond for what I requested because it was a special request. And at the end of it, I just said to him, Hey, listen, you are so cool can I just have your extension so that I don't have to go through the 1-800 queue anymore? And he was quite surprised, but he said yes. And for four years, whenever I needed anything, he was my go-to, but I never knew what he looked like. And at the time I was actually in my previous marriage, which was not going well, by the way, at that point. And so we just, you know, we, we built this really great friendship. And it wasn't till probably four years later that I saw what he looked like. And he was gorgeous. But you know, you know what it was? It was like he has such a great radio voice and he was so sweet. And every time I talked to him about like, do you have a girlfriend? He was never dating. So I was like, okay, he must be one of these guys that's like not very good looking, but super, super nice, you know? Um, and then I saw a picture of him. And then you know, the universe would have it that they decided to outsource or lay off about a hundred people and they were going to outsource to the Philippines or wherever they were going to outsource to. But that was the moment where we said, well, what's going to happen to us? Like we haven't even met, 
you know, we, we become good friends. What are we going to do? And so we decided to, to stay connected. And through that staying connected, just through email and, you know, webcam at the time, right? Webcam chat. Um, we just built this really great friendship, which I think it lends itself to why our marriage is so strong, right? Because we had that, you know, there was no agenda. There was just pure connection. And because we couldn't see each other, we couldn't touch each other. We were forced to build this 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 level of intimacy and vulnerability with each other first as friends. And then later on, it just naturally evolved into something that we both could not deny, even if we tried. And so um, as I was going through my divorce and separation, you know, he we decided to come and meet. So he came to Vancouver and we spent a week together and we had so much fun. And then he went back home to Toronto and we started to have a conversation about, OK, what's next? And it was interesting because I felt like coming out of my my divorce, I wasn't there was no there was no question for me. It wasn't like, do I don't I? It was like my heart was like a hard yes. And I remember people saying to me, Janelle, like you should slow down, not get into a new relationship. My mom, mostly, you know, but I felt like I had, I felt like I had nothing to mourn. I felt it was way over, way before it was even over. And I just wanted to be happy. And so I guess maybe that's the first thing I want to say is, you know, you want to be smart about it, but also you got to listen to your heart and really do what we, what our heart tells us. I think too many times we listen to our brain, to what other people say we should do. And then we're miserable and we spend our entire lives being miserable when we knew what there was to do. And sometimes that thing that we need to do is not going to make everyone else happy and it's going to probably piss off a lot of people, but you got to do you girl, right? Like at the end of the day. And I'm so, so glad that I made that decision. Um, but also I would say that going through my divorce and, and being in that kind of crappy relationship and then being exposed to the one I have now has given me so much appreciation for what I have. Because I don't think I would have appreciated my husband because my husband's a good guy. And I think in the past, I would have been like, meh, good guys are boring. But until I went through that experience, got burned, you know, really lost myself in that relationship. And then it ended up just, you know, getting up, kicking, kicking open the door and saying, screw it. This is the life I want. See you later. And just moving forward, 17 years later, here I am in the most beautiful, honest, playful, sexy, passionate. Ugh, I am just so in love with this man. Like he is my playmate. He, he, and you know, to, to your point, you know, we're talking about uh, marriage being hard. Our marriage is not hard whatsoever at all. And there's moments when I say to my husband, you know, in bed, I say, you know, baby, thank you for loving me so much. And his response is always, it is so easy to love you. How can I not love you? There's, it's, it's so easy. And that's, yeah, that's what I want for everybody on this planet. And we can have that if we just get out of our own way. I love that. I'm not convinced this isn't a rom-com either, at least in the, in the making. Um, everyone out there, this is registered trademark to Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll know if you steal it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that is the cutest story. That's so sweet. And I couldn't agree more. You know, you hear all the time, um, you hear people say things like, well, marriage is a lot of work and marriage is really hard. And and these things that I, I'm kind of, I've never, you know, I, I'm kind of still waiting for that. Um, mm. Like, does it get hard? When does it get hard? Why does it get hard? And yes. does it have to be hard? Yes. Um, yes. I love so you, And we can talk about that today if that's what you want to yeah. go in the conversation. Like, let's talk about it. Tell me. I, I have these questions. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say, and this is so interesting because a lot of times it's usually the woman that has the the issue and the guy's like, I'm fine. I'm happy. I, I don't know what's wrong. And so she gets angry that he's he's happy. He's like, what do you, she's like, what do you mean you're happy? Don't you see all these things that are wrong? But I want to say to those women or to those people is the reason why we, we see it as a problem is because we have an expectation that is not fulfilled. It is an expectation that maybe social media put in our head or our parents or some sort of like perfect world, you know, um, fantasy land where we expect the other person to be perfect all the time, to know exactly what we're thinking. You know, maybe we've watched too many Disney movies. I don't know. But we, we sometimes forget that we're dealing with someone, especially in a heterosexual relationship, that we're dealing with someone who's very different from us, has gone through different stuff, is thinks very, like they're completely opposite. And yet we expect them to want the same things we want, say the same things we say. And then we get upset when our what we expect them to do or say isn't what it is or that we, they don't show us love the way we want. And then we start to put in blocks. We start to build these walls and we start to tell ourselves a story. So I love neuroscience and I just want to throw in this one thing. When we have a thought, okay, so consider people, thoughts are like farts in the wind. Okay. We honor them way too much. Like I could think about, I don't know. I could think about what we were talking about earlier, earthquakes, right? And all of a sudden I can get totally thrown into the whole emotional, like, oh my God, what if there's an earthquake? It's just a thought. I don't have to entertain it. I can just let it go. But what we do is we take those thoughts and we hold on to them. And when we hold on to a thought for more than 17 seconds, it becomes a belief. And then all of a sudden, we think this fart in the wind thought that we have is now reality. And now it's fact and it's true. So let me, if can I tell one, one story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have this, I did this consult for this man and this woman. And the woman is half um, African-American and he is Caucasian. Okay. She, she comes from a very difficult upbringing. She was a, uh, she was kicked out of her home at 16 years old, was, you know, homeless and had to kind of fend for herself. So that's kind of her. She's a very independent woman, but very scarred. Anyway, so we come on to this consult and she's telling me she wants to get this divorce. And I said, well, tell me, like, why? She's like, well, my husband, he doesn't love us. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't protect us You know all these things. And I said, OK, well, tell me what happened. And so she tells me this story. She has her baby. OK, and her baby's now mixed her husband's friends come over to see the baby and one of his friends make a comment that sounds something like oh wow your baby's really dark 
And so he didn't think anything of it. He was just like, okay, whatever. But because he didn't respond or get upset the way his wife expected him to get upset, she now has a story that he's this and that and it's all negative stuff. When really all that happened was that he just didn't respond the way he, she expected him to respond. And now they're in this mess where they're about to split up their family with two young babies because of a story that she created three years ago from one conversation and she just cannot let it go. And so back to the, the question about like, you know, why do we, why do we see problems as it is, is because we have expectation that we don't communicate and we don't take responsibility for our, our own emotional wounds. It's not his fault that she's got this emotional wound and he can try to help her as much as he wants, but until she deals with it, heals herself, she cannot be open to love. And so I want to say to people is, are you open to love? We say we want love, but then when we get the love, we're like, nope, nope, no, you don't. You're, you're lying to me or you're telling me what I want to hear. You're not genuine. You just want to get in my pants, right? But what if we actually let the love in and take it as it is? It doesn't have to be perfect love, just love. And I think that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, where it comes from is that we do not love ourselves enough. And it's hard to admit that. I, I agree. And I, I think that there's also a belief that sometimes we don't deserve love or happiness yeah. or that we don't know what love and happiness looks like um, or feels like. Um, there are a lot of people out there that really don't no, you know, they, if if you weren't raised in a family where you know what that feels like or with people that, yeah. you know, we are social beings. We learn from others and we learn from the way that people treat us and we learn from yeah. the way we treat other people and their responses to us. Yes. Um, and I have, yeah. I have a very good friend who is just absolutely convinced that everyone fights behind closed doors all the time. And just mm. doesn't admit it, and it may, it breaks my heart because I really don't know that she knows how to be happy. Yeah, and this is why my work is so important because you know I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, and and to your point, so many people want those skills, they just were never given those skills. If we think about it, right, our first teachers were our parents, but if our parents were either not equipped had their own stuff going on or if our parents were even around when we were growing up. But, you know, even for someone like me, whose parents were like so happy, so in love, there's still stuff that I'm dealing with. So never mind if I was abused or, you know, all these other things that other people go through. And that's why for me, you know, compassion is so important, not only in my own job, but also in, in a relationship. Because we, like, to your point, we don't know what other people have gone through. And when we can bring grace and humility and compassion and tolerance and understanding to every situation, then maybe we can heal whatever we haven't healed while we're helping our partner heal. I could not agree more with you, with everything you just said. And and as you're 
in relationships, there are more things that will continue to come up. And, you know, the other day, our dog, Cluzo, has a a lesion on the back of his ankle, essentially his ankle. It looks like a knee, but it's a dog. So, um, and I have a real problem with blood. And it has never come up in our 15-year relationship and almost 11 years of marriage that I have a problem with blood. So then all of a sudden, I am like high key and like my personality has shifted. And Philippe is like, what is going on here? This is not that big of a deal. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you don't know that I don't do well with blood. <laughs> like the idea of a continually open, like wound that keeps opening, it's like really uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I hear you. I was actually supposed to be a doctor when I when I was going. I was, and then I was like, oh, wait, I don't like needles and blood. Okay, this is not going to work out so well. <laughs> You know, what made me realize that this had never come up is when I went to donate blood and I was like, I hate needles and I hate blood. And Philippe was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah, absolutely. But we can laugh about it. Yeah, you know, like for us too, we've been together for 17 years and, you know, I'm in, we're both in our mid 40s. And yeah, you know, our relationship has changed. And that's okay, you know, the, the, but the beautiful thing about it is when you're both committed to changing together, right? As you go through different phases of life, whether that's, you know, a financial thing or, you know, there's maybe a passing in the family. It's really about like, how can you guys come together and love and support each other through these things? I think that one of the biggest mistakes that we make in relationships, especially when our partner is going through something, is that we try to fix them. And sometimes they just need us just to love them and hug them and tell them everything is going to be okay, right? Like that's what empathy is really about. And I find that a lot of people don't know how to do that because they were brought up in a home where you have to be tough and you can't cry and you can't be vulnerable and you can't be sad. You have to be happy all the time. But when we can give ourselves as well as our partner the freedom to feel whatever we want to feel, we're going to get on the other side of it quicker. But when we resist it, like it shouldn't be this way, they shouldn't be this way, they shouldn't feel this way, that's where the angst and the frustration and the stress, all that resistance is that. I have a saying, Sarah, that I say to my clients every week and I say to myself almost every day and it goes like this. Pain and suffering only exist when you resist what is so. Let me say that again. Pain and suffering only exist when you resist what is so. So for me in my life, it's really about letting go, letting go of attachment, letting go of expectation, letting go of the past, letting go of my mistakes, forgiving myself. That's the only way we're going to get peace. Beating ourselves up about something that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, or even yesterday, isn't going to bring us to a place of love and connection. It's only going to bring us down and low. No one loves, no one wants to be around someone like that. No. And that is kind of where you talk about the importance of mindset. Yeah. And how that impacts your marriage, intimacy, and overall relationships. And I know that's a big mantra of your work. 
Absolutely. You know, I can tell so much about someone in a relationship based on how they speak about their partner. Right? Because they're all just judgments. You know, whether you believe in God or universe, you know, I believe we were all in our most purest essence. We are love. Everything else is just garbage that we have programming, whatever you want to call it, that we've accumulated over time. But our true selves is pure love. And and I think when we start to look at each other like we're not that, that's when we start to have a problem or that we're different. We're not different. You're dealing with stuff. I'm dealing with stuff. Right. And we, we have to remember that we're not we're all just doing the very best we can. And just because our partner isn't doing something we, we, we wish they would do, it's not, it's not, um, what's that word? It's not malice. It's, it's just mindlessness. And we need to know the difference. It's kind of like children, right? Like, why are we so tolerant of children? We go, oh, they're just kids. They don't know any better. We have so much compassion for them. But when we're asked to do that for our partner, it's like, we're so stingy about it. I like right? the, we, the idea of it being stingy. <laughs> no, like you're, you know, I'll, you know, funny, I'll say like a, visual. I'll say to a part, I'll say to a partner, well, what do you want more of? Oh, I want more appreciation. Okay, great. I want you to go and appreciate your partner more. Well, why should I? It's like, well, why not? Well, why do I have, to, why do I have to appreciate them? They didn't do anything for me. It's like, well, why do they have to do something for you to appreciate them? So we've got into this strange, and I'm totally guilty of it. We've got into this strange habit of like, oh, you're only, I'm only going to love you when you do something nice for me. And it starts from our parents. Our parents did that, right? When you're a good girl, you get love and toys and Barbies. But when you're a bad girl, right, you're put in the corner, you're ignored. And so it works as children. But now as adults, we're still stuck in that same mentality that we need to break. And that's why we're so many of us are such people pleasers and such perfectionists. It comes from our childhood. And if we're not careful, it's going to run the show and it's going to drive us into the ground with so much stress and anxiety because this we hold this high standard for ourselves called perfection, which will never, ever, ever be reached. And so we're never, ever going to feel good enough for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Well, so I know you have about 10,000 more things that you could share in terms of advice, but... I'm going to ask anyway, what is, what um, advice do you have for people who are getting engaged and entering a marriage in terms of, um, you know, relationships? Yeah, that's a really great question. There's a couple things. I would say that you need to talk about the important stuff. It's so easy to get caught up in the love and the, the engagement, but, you know, I meet so many people so many couples where their love languages are so opposite. So like, for example, one person's a very high sex drive person. This other person's like, no, I've had, you know, I've been sexually abused and I don't want to be touched. Well, how's that going to work out? But it's like, why didn't you guys talk about this before you got married? (laughs) Like this should have been figured out. Right. Um, I would say too, and this is from my, my first marriage. Don't rush into it. 
I rushed into it because I felt like the clock was ticking. I needed to have my baby, you know, every, cause I'm Filipino. It's like, by the time you're 21, you should be married and have your kids already, you know? And so I was, I, it was almost like I didn't want to look bad. And I was so afraid of being alone that I kind of was just said yes to the first person who like walked by me. Um, I see that now, of course, but I would say, yeah, to really make sure that you're getting married for the right reasons, not because you're lonely, not because it's the thing to do because you've been together for so long, but it is really a creation. And I would say that would be the third thing is really start to create what is the future that you guys want to make? Because if your dream is to live in Hollywood, but your partner's dream is to live in the mountains in like Nepal or something, well, that's not going to work either. And so I think having these important conversations about what your values are, how many kids do you, do you want kids? Where are you going to live? And what the future that you are creating together looks like. If all of that is in alignment, then I think that the chances are so much better. But when I meet couples, there are these immediate red flags that I see that I'm like, this should have been dealt with before you guys even got married. But they just were like, oh, well, we got pregnant, so we just got married. Or, you know, we, we just didn't talk about these things. And then now, now that they're married, now they're talking about it. But that's a little bit too late, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to fix something before it becomes a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the second thing I would say is show up. Show up. I think it's so easy to check out when you have kids and you have a job and all these things happening. You make your relationship the last thing on the, on the list. And for some couples that works. But when there's one person that feels really neglected and abandoned, that is a big problem. And so I say show up. Like my husband, you know, we've, especially through COVID, we've tried to get really creative on things to do that are fun, right? And he's always game. Even if it's not really his thing, if he knows I'm, I want to do it, he's game. And that, I think that's what partnership is really about, is really give and take, not just what I want, like, let's just do it the way I want it, but really, like, let's take turns. Because then now you're filling up each other's love tank. And that's the other thing. Know each other's love language. That's really important, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. And then the last thing I would say is really try your best to stay away from the blame game. And to really create a positive environment. Because like, imagine if all you hear is criticism and what you're not doing well and, you know, feeling like you're being criticized, ostracized, whatever you want to call it. How are you going to bring more love and connection into that? You have to create it. Right. And you have to be responsible for that. And I think it's just, again, a lot of times we have such high expectations of ourselves that we put that on other people. And that's not fair. And, and I believe in agreements rather than expectations. So if you have an expectation, go tell your partner, I have this expectation of you. And now they know, and then they can choose to say, yes, I agree, or no, I disagree. But it's a conversation rather than an expectation. Yes, a silent expectation that is now not being met and 
stacking bricks between the two of you. Right, right. And if we're if we don't have the tools to be able to communicate in a way that doesn't trigger our partner or doesn't create defensiveness, now we start this icky, nasty, sort of vicious cycle of blame and shame and guilt, and it just doesn't go well. And so me and my husband have really tried hard not to play the blame game. Even if something has gone wrong, we take responsibility. And he's my partner through and through. Yeah, you're on a team. And to go back to what you were saying about, you know, things we should learn from childhood or unlearn from childhood, treating people the way you want to be treated is one of the things that you should take with you into adulthood. Absolutely. Be the change you wish to see. If you want more love, give more love. If you want more appreciation, give more appreciation. If you don't know how to forgive your partner, that means you haven't learned forgiveness for yourself. So Go inwards. I know it's so easy to to point the finger out into the world and look for the problem out there, but your inner world creates your outer world. So you got to start there, not the other way around. I could not agree more. I feel like we would just be high-fiving over and over again in person if we were in the same (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fist pump, fist pump. Absolutely. All the (laughs) high-fives. Yes, girl. Uh huh. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for sharing so much wonderful insight and advice with the wedding dish today. Where can people find you online? Absolutely. Yeah, they can find me on my website at www.saveourmarriage.ca. And they can also find me on Facebook or on Instagram as well. Um, my Instagram handle is Save Our Marriage. I was telling her right before we started recording that this question trips up almost all of my guests because you're in this like deep mentality, like you're digging deep into your expertise and then it's like the easiest question. It's like your birthday and then your birthday. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, make sure you check out saveourmarriage.ca and you can find her on Instagram and social media over at Save Our Marriage. Um, and while you're there, you can find The Wedding Dish at The Wedding Dish Podcast and theweddingdishpodcast.com. We will, of course, link out to Janelle on our show notes and in the description. So it'll be super easy for you all to find her, give her a follow, check her out. Um, I highly recommend you take a little bit of time to catch up with her because she's just delightful and so smart and lovely. And um, don't forget to tune in next week. We have another amazing guest coming up. I'm very excited. And give us a follow, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting app if you um, like the show. Janelle, thank you so much for being here. This was such a delight. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise. Thank you, Sarah. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you for being here. And until next time, cheers. Thanks. It does. Coming from 
Exactly. Another person who lives and breathes weddings. So thank you very much. I'll add that, this is Jerry, I'll add that we saw a lot of frustration and we were frustrated. And Anna and I are friends and we would talk a lot and we would, we would tell stories of the couple that we just spoke to who didn't know anything about this or how could they have done all this planning without knowing about that. And, and oh, geez, now they're down the road and they can't fix that and that's gonna, might be problematic. And, um, we were just so frustrated for them. And we kind of had this, this conversation about what, what, what can we do? This is so, these people deserve great weddings and how do we help them? And somebody should do something. And then we decided that we have to be that somebody. So that's really how the, this uh, Real Deal Wedding Insiders was germinated. And I'll add one more thing that, that, I mean, we're just going to keep adding things, but I think what we would, we also found, and I know a lot of other vendors find is that there's the same sort of recycled information on online. So these couples come to, right? So these couples come to us believing that they are educated consumers and wanting to be educated consumers and have done their due diligence and yet they are still misinformed and that was so heartbreaking because like, yes, couple, you did the, all the right things and you're still missing such important pieces of information. So that I felt like we needed, we need, nobody else was fixing it, we needed to. So here we are. Yes, yes.
This is your, yes. so we this book is very much a foundation that's what we're doing for them so we feel really strongly that you need to take a breath is really your first step. I think a lot of times people are like, yay, let's, let's get to it. And they start booking things or they run out and buy a dress or so our first thing is stop and think and communicate. And I know that sounds very kind of broad, but I think that that is often forgotten in the excitement of a wedding. Um, we can elaborate a little bit on that, but, um, would you, okay. Exactly. And people think they know what step one is, but we, um, we actually have the first chapter is called engagement. And it's a little bit about how to, this is a new part of your life. And I think people, a big part, and I think you, what you see out in the world and the web and all of that is that engagement is so fun and romantic and delightful. And guess what? It's also hard because, and, and heartbreaking. Yes. Because, oh, no, you go. And then there's a lot of family dynamics and the way people change their, you're changing your relationships. You know, if you're going to, if a woman is becoming a wife, well, she's might be less daughter and more wife now. And that brings up lots of, lots of emotions. I, I like to say that it's, um, it, it's kind of a perfect storm of crazy, and I don't mean crazy, like in a bad way, but like in a, a chaotic, lots of stuff gets churned up because it's, it's, it's emotions, it's money. It like, these are big things that people battle with or, or contend with 
in their lives. And this is, yeah, expectation. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that most people don't understand wedding vendors should also be psychologists or therapists and that we like from our years of experience we should have those letters after our name because we do work with family dynamics and yet the end result needs to be everybody's happy on the wedding day like that is the goal so sure the making pretty flowers that's the easy part (laughs) Yeah, so SMART is an acronym, and it stands for Specific, Manageable, Articulated, Realistic, and Timely. So really, all the decisions, and there are many, many, many decisions, should be made through that lens. And we think that a lot of times it's not done that way, and that if a couple starts out with just those words, it might just slow them down enough to, to make sure that that's a right decision. Is it smart for me? Um, you know, can we manage it? Like, yeah. So.
Well, I think that that's a huge thing that there's so much of, it's your day. You are the star. You can do whatever you want. Not actually true, especially if you have people helping you pay for this day. They are stakeholders. And I think that there's, no, there. so I think people bump up against that. Like, my, wait, my parents have, have a say in something? Yes, your parents are giving a certain amount of money. They might have a say in that. Or even if they, even if they aren't giving money, they're your parents or your grandmother. Maybe your grandmother, it's really important for her, to, for you to get married in the church, whatever that church that is. That might be something that you're not really into, but you got to do it for her. Like there's, it's a whole family or at least consider it. Right. So the three C's, and really this is probably good for all life just life projects, are, is communicate, comprehend, and calculate. So it's really important to communicate with these loved ones. And, and that takes time and effort. And to understand, comprehend, understand what you're getting into, what your contract is signing, what this might mean, and calculate, like understand understand what you're paying for how it's and how you're going to pay for it and if you can pay for it which the budget is a big thing obviously Yep, has a bow right on right on it, tied up in a bow. Yep, spoiler alert.
small. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. I think I think together we we like to it's we like to help help people, and I think that's really where this came out of. So, In fact, we're both members of an organization called the Boston Wedding Group, which has been in Boston for uh, over 25 years, close to 30 years. I'm actually a founding member. Um, but that is what it works on. We, we are all wedding vendors. There's no money going back and forth. It's, it's truly the best thing you can do. It works on giver's gain. So we don't, we're, I don't, I'm not a, yes, I get a lot of referrals from that business, but not because I walked in and said, where's my referrals? I, it's because every single time I meet with a client, what have you booked? What have you not booked? Oh, you still need this type of vendor. I have some recommendations for you. If, Also, if, yes, right. Also, if I'm not with my family on a weekend, I do want to be with my friends and colleagues who I know, love, and trust, right? We know that people will have a better experience. We really want people to have a better experience and reduce their stress. Exactly, exactly, yes. We didn't want it to add stress. And that was another thing. We looked at other books that were like this thick and that felt very overwhelming. And we did divide it up into bullet points and sections so that if someone just wanted to flip through it and find something that catch their eye, they could do that. If someone wanted to devour it in a night, they could do that. We have summaries at the end of every chapter so that if someone isn't a reader, they can look at the end of the thing and, and end of the chapter and see if there's something to go back and read.
Yeah. We don't even work. We don't even, we don't even talk about timelines because I feel that people get very, there's more like an order of things to do, but how many timelines have you seen where book your photographer eight to 12 months out and this poor person got engaged at eight months and out and is now looking at a photographer at four months. It's like, they're already horrible, wrong and bad. You know, they've, they've failed planning when that's not true. You are where you are and you'll find a photographer. all the time. And, and there is a group of, of vendors that sometimes aren't as kind to their clients that might be like, what do you mean you're contacting me only four months out? I, really? And, and that's, again, I, I think we're the kinder, gentler, although we tell people like it is, we're going to set them straight, but we're, yeah. Uh, my, my, one of my favorite lines from my clients is that's not going to work. And here's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but we want to do it in a kind way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We all do the same. Yeah. And I think that's what most great wedding professionals do. And the advice for, for couples is if you're not feeling some kindness from a vendor, it might be, even if they're the most talented, it might be time to move on. Like that might be a red flag. So. I would say I'll start with this one. I would say really take it, take your time and take your, take a breath so that you can put everything together. I would say pad your budget. So whatever money you have really back out at least 20% because there's going to be a lot that you don't know and figure out your guest list. Those are the primary things um, from a very functional standpoint. Toss it over to Edna.
Uh, we are at realdealweddinginsiders.com. That's our website. We're very active on Instagram at Wedding Insiders. And um, all of our other social media you can find on our website. We are available. Our book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. And oh, at Jerry Floral, J-E-R-I Floral on Instagram. Yep. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much. We're really excited.
Thank you so much. That really means a lot, especially coming from another industry professional. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> That's a really interesting story. And I'll just start off by saying, Jerry and I, you know, we, we've met each other, we've been working together in the industry, and we just see all these things that sort of go on in our daily life with the wedding industry, with couples. And we had this feeling of like, there's misinformation out there, or there's just, you know, we want to get the right information into the hands of people. And we felt that the only way to do it was to impart our wisdom and our information and knowledge and and come together and write this book. No, I'm just going to say, you know, I, I, with my couples, when they initially come to me, I have to always sort of rewrite it, you know, like write the boat because they're, they've got all these thoughts and ideas and everything that they gathered. And then I have to sort of educate them. So I always have to go through an educational process when my couples come on board about like really what this process is, what to really expect and, and to, to understand it. So there's always that, that would, so once they came in and they were my couple, then we would put them on the right path. But that was always, I always had that conversation.
they feel overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and these also too, like the publications that put out put out all this information are not working it every weekend. They are not having the conversations. They're they're gathering information and I'm not saying the information isn't good. The information is good, but sometimes by the time it gets sort of um out there, it just it it's like maybe it doesn't make sense or it's 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 not in the right context. It's hard. It's hard. I mean there is there is a lot of good information out there, but it's just digging it around and we put it all into one book. A big part of your life. <laughs> in heartbreaking, in heartbreaking, I was just, I was just talking with a, I'm sorry, I was just talking with a, one of my brides and, you know, she's now really understanding the budget and she's, you know, she had like a, a, a like a big low and then you know we're working to lift it up so it's 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 hard information at first There's a lot of expectations too, you know, I mean, a lot of people um, can be heartbroken over things that sort of come out of planning their wedding and they have expectations of certain people and the people don't live up to it. And, and um, I mean, we hear those stories all the time, all the time.
oh yeah, like divorces and you're taking pictures, you need to make sure you have, you know, oh, that definitely. Well, it's like building, like when we put an addition on our home, if we did not have the contractor, because I, I really feel like as a planner, I'm a contractor, you know, I'm not, I just want someone to put the addition on. I don't know anything about like who, how to do the studs or who I should call or any of those things. But if you are able to bring in a planner, you know, we're going to be able to build this addition for you or slash your wedding for you. And I feel like what's great about the book is that not you know, not everybody is in a position to, to bring in a planner. And so we're trying to be able to, to create something to at least, you know, give them a direction to go through it. But it's really important to, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, how many times do we all say that? And that's the way it is for many couples when they walk into the, to the world of weddings.
or at least or at least consider it. And then if you if you don't do it because it's really, really not your vision, you know, how to navigate that kind of, you know, have a conversation and, and you know, maybe you get an heirloom from, from the grandmother that you can have with you that sort of makes them feel like they're special in the process. Well, there's that excitement, right? Like I'm engaged. And so all of a sudden everything, it's like that light switch goes on. I have permission now to, to look at everything, think about everything and, and buy all these things. And you're going through a store and you see, oh, a mug. And it's, you know, it just, you just start to like collect all this stuff because you're so excited, which is okay. But those bigger decisions you have to really stop and, and think about. Where this is the gift that you should give them. <laughs> you know, this is a great, great gift. And we actually have, you know, a, we're in the Boston metropolitan area and we actually have venues, you know, that, that, you know, have our book and they give them out as gifts to the couples when they sign on. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, ways that this book is, you know, getting into the hands of, of couples and because people understand the value of, of good information. And we also have a workbook coming out. It will be a downloadable workbook and um, it's going to be a, you know, a companion to this book. And that will be something that will be eventually on our website and people can download it. And it's, it's, it's really takes the book to the next level and will be um, really friendly to, to write in a lot of information. And it will, it will be a great, a great tool for many people.
definitely. No, never, I've never worked that way, never. Yeah, karma. <laughs> well, and Jerry, you're going to have a better experience at the wedding if you're working with people that, you know, know what they're doing. So it's a benefit to us in that way. It's going to be more more successful event because I put together an A team and yeah, it's, it's just a, And you know what? We're not going to make millions off of our book. The book was truly written of a labor of love because we just want that information to be out there. That's the goal. And then on our website too, we're going to be adding in a lot of other informational pieces and those pieces will be more specific, like what you need to know about a photographer or different vendors. And well, there's going to be a lot of ways to access information, but it won't be overwhelming in something too thick. Like you can actually go pick and choose what will be specific to what your concerns are. Yeah. More to come.
Well, in terms of right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes, we do put them in their place. No, I'm still kidding. <laughs> well, we just want them to have the right information. That's all. And, you know, for me, you know, when what's really most important, and this is a, a personal story, but um, eight weeks to the day before I got married, my husband was in a really terrible motorcycle accident. I mean, he's totally fine now. Um, but, you know, at the time, it was like, are we still even having a wedding? I mean, he was in the hospital for a week and a lot of broken bones. Um, and I think that for me, the, the lesson learned was like, there's all this excitement and there's all these things and everybody wants a perfect day. But I think what's most important is you are, you found this person that you love. You want to spend your life with them. You're going to have this beautiful day. You can have all your friends and family together and, you know, stay focused on what's really important because life is full of hiccups and it's not always going to be perfect. And I just know that when my husband and I walked back down the aisle, I mean, people were really cheering because everyone knew that my, you know, my husband had this terrible accident and they were just so happy that we got to have our day. And so I think I try to impart that wisdom upon my couples because as hard as we all work to make it perfect, sometimes life happens. Still have a few issues, but you know it's okay. <laughs>
<laughs> we live with it. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. No, he's, we've gotten back on that motorcycle together. So <laughs> I wasn't on at that time, though. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. And you're also at Jerry, your, yeah, right. And I'm also uh, EFD underscore creative on Instagram. And again, you can always go to our website and all the links are there to, to all of our social media. Thank you so much.